1: Si, senor, I would like the
0: Pollo Ranchero, por favor. am just going to pour myself another bourbon and just let this thing roll. <laughs> all right, welcome to the latest edition of the Fantasy Soccer FC Podcast. This is David Smith. Scott Wiebe. Now you're overcompensated. You never heard that one before. Brian Chesko.
2: Brian, did you even hear that? You're messing with your headphones. You're all over the place there at the
1: stage. I have to take a whiz. <laughs> You're
2: gonna have to, wait. however, you have to wait. We gotta
1: get to this, so shortest pod of the year. I can wait.
2: All right, good, nicely done. Uh, well, I don't know where to go from there. Sure, you do. Ah, uh, you're right. I do. I have to submit an apology. Okay. Oh, my eyes. Yeah, like, a good start. My eyes deceived me. I. You know That's what not I am first time. Uh, I mean, I don't. I don't make a lot of mistakes, Dave. <laughs> but when I do, I make them big. Okay. You know yeah. what I'm saying that's fair we're just coming off of the three promotion club episodes a preseason tradition of our podcast right this is the episode following that of course we're going to talk about fpl strategies for the upcoming 2019-20 season that's our purpose here today Uh, and next time we get together we're going to talk about the players that we're going to bring in to start the season that we hope will fulfill those strategies so stick with us Make sure you're subscribed to our feed, following along with us on our website, fantasysoccerfc.com, all the social media outlets that we're on so that you can make sure you're getting all the information that you need before the season begins. But back to my apology for a second. We're prepping for the Norwich episode. Yeah. And my eyes deceived me. Did they? They did. Uh, For whatever reason, when I was reading through the resources I was using to prepare for the unofficial incomplete club history – I saw the rivalry that Norwich have with Ipswich Town, and I read the words East Anglican Derby. Now, we sufficiently mocked that name, but unfortunately, I didn't realize that I had inserted the C into Anglican in error until after the episode was released. So
0: now egg on our faces
2: well it's my fault I, I take the blame if i had the transcript of the simpsons apology that brian read uh, about yeah. a year ago <laughs> Very I, would yeah. I would read that i would read yeah. that now luckily i forgot that i might need that till just now so it's not the east anglican derby although i would like to submit to whoever is in charge of these types of things that maybe it should be yeah, okay because I think that's a better name than East Anglian Derby. Anglian, wait, wait, but that's just me.
1: Blame the Angles. That's all. You, that's the only people you can blame here.
0: A- really, Anglian?
1: Norwich
2: are the pride of Anglia. Yeah. Anglia. Yep. Yeah. Brian, tell
1: me about that. Well, just that's where you're, that's the that's going way back. So you're talking about the Angles and the Saxons forever ago. <laughs> are we going to mess in, something else up here? No, no. This is very English. <laughs> right. Very old English history here that's where the name would have come from angles. in the first place the angles yeah. were like a it was clan. the people that were there they were like a group of a people and then group. invaded by various groups every hundred years or the more
0: Anglos, well yeah that's that's the saxons yeah
2: you're thinking of that acronym wasp white anglo-saxon protestant which takes us right back to anglicans I wasn't thinking
0: of that at all but sure that applies
2: well it just takes us right back to anglicans <laughs> and and i submit to you that east and darby could work just fine
0: yeah. Anglian, Anglian, You're Darby. Anglian you are talking
2: Darby. About, you are talking
1: about this is angles man like like, like a right like, angle like saxons which and angles. anglo would come from that
2: in all seriousness okay. i am not
1: listen i am not trying to steer us wrong yet again <laughs> of this i am i am at least certain enough to say these words out loud all right i cannot go in and much more in depth into history here however I am. Okay. I am. It's the same with. It's what. It's like, Albion, as an alternative name for. So West Bromwich Albion, Albion just as an alternative name for, England. Really? What, yes. Look it up. The internet is this here. Things
0: we're learning. Tonight. I'm just
1: telling you, man, what, what the it blank? is.
0: Blank.
2: Now listen, I have a complex about wanting British. Listeners, British fans of our podcast, British just football fans in general. I want them to like us. I want them to know that we respect the sport. We respect their league, oh. and we're trying to uphold that in our American accents the best we can. Unfortunately, I, I fear that I set us back about two and a half
0: years. Look, I, I can only hope that they're kind of giggling and laughing at us and our no. learning and and educating ourselves live. Uh, all on parts what, why do we do this with
2: microphones on history? I can
1: say, let me at least correct a little bit just oh, to Lord. say that, no that, right. listen, <laughs> just that Just that really? Albion is referencing that the island broadly, so Great Britain, not just England. Okay. let me let me be clear. Oh man So, we're so I Hey, look, we're so screwed.
0: We are not. You know at this point, most Americans probably don't know the difference between the English, the England flag, and Great Britain flag.
1: That's probably true.
0: Which is a shame.
1: I would guess that you could probably point to almost any spot on the map of any country, and a lot of people wouldn't know what you're pointing at, no matter what you're
0: pointing at. Unfortunately, you're probably
2: true. I would guess that most people want us to move on.
1: You are 100% right. Correct.
2: So let's do that. (laughs) We're going to talk about... A very brief overview of some of the rules that matter when we start the season. But this is not about the whole season. This is about the start of the season. If there's one thing longtime listeners of this podcast know, it's that when you start the season, you're not having you're not using the entire season in your view. You're looking at the start of the season. We'll talk about what that means in a second. So we're going to discuss just some basic rules that you need if you're new to start this season as well as you possibly can. And then we're going to give you some of our strategies, some of the things that we've learned over the years as we've done this before the podcast, during the time this podcast has been in existence for us. We're going to talk about the strategies we are planning to employ for the upcoming season, all of it designed to help you, dear listener, do the absolute best that you've ever done before, which is what all of us are hoping for as we embark on our new Premier League season. So, are we
1: ready? I'm ready. Let's do it. Let's go on with this.
2: If you're in the classic league, and by the way, if you're planning to play the classic version of Fantasy Premier League, we want you to join our league. For the first time, you can join the Fantasy Soccer FC Podcast mini league and witness our mistakes live. Hey, listen, we're it's out there for us to, you know, for for everyone to see. That's it. Doesn't take away the fact that we're entertaining and Somewhat helpful. I'd like to think so. We get it what right how often? 90% right? That's our claim anyway.
0: 50% of the time, we're 90% (laughs) right.
2: If you want to join our league, here's the code that you need. Where you're asked to enter in a league code, you want to put in one XV as in Victor 4PA. 1 XV 4PA. And when you do, you will join the Fantasy Soccer FC Podcast Mini League. We cannot wait to see you become a part of it and you can join us. You can try to beat us. You want which to use military?
1: Hard. You want to use, yeah, well, that's, yeah, last season was probably true. You want to use military designations for those I don't characters? normal. Exactly. One X-ray
2: okay. Victor, four Papa Alpha.
1: Yes. Excellent.
2: That is the league code in military alphabet, phonetic, phonetic alphabet.
1: Now, there is absolutely no question there you what go. those characters Done. are.
2: All right, when you do, you'll be joined into our league. But before you can even get that far, you've got to create your initial team. That's it. Your initial team needs 15 players, two goalkeepers, five defenders, five midfielders, and three forwards. You'll only be able to play 11 of those 15 on any given week, one goalkeeper, and then you have some flexibility with your defenders, midfielders, and forwards. Mm-hmm. But you always have to have at least three defenders, three midfielders, and one forward. Beyond that, you get to choose your formation. Uh, We'll talk a little bit about how you might want to choose that formation as we get into this, but that's what you're looking at when you start the season. From there, then it's just a matter of having your starting 11 each week, making sure that you set that lineup before, one hour before, kickoff of the first match of the game week.
0: It's very important.
2: And then after that, you get one free transfer every game week to try to improve and rotate your squad. What's
0: a transfer, Scott?
2: Transfers when you get to replace one player in your squad with another player of your choice from
0: any club,
2: as long as you do not exceed three players from one Premier League club. And so you- Newcastle fans, I'm sorry, you can only have three Magpies at mm-hmm.
1: most. And as long as it does not exceed your allotted budget. Correct. Point.
2: And so as you go throughout the season, if you've got players who are playing really well, and more people jump in and use their money to transfer those players in, which anyone can do. I could have the same exact squad as Brian does if we choose to use our money in the exact same way. Mm-hmm. Now with 15 players that we get to choose for our squads, that's obviously statistically unlikely that we do that, but you'll have some overlap with a, with other people. If Mohamed Salah is scoring hat trick after hat trick to start the season, everybody's going to own Mo Salah after one or two game weeks, right? But you have to be able to stay within the budget that you have. And if you've got players that are going up in value, your budget will go up with that value. And if you have players who aren't performing and people are not transferring them in, in fact, most people are maybe transferring them out and you're one of the last ones to own them, uh, your value is going to go
1: down. So it's
2: something that you have to keep an eye on. And that's something that I know Dave's going to discuss at length and we get into strategy here in just a second. No
1: doubt. Can I say two more things about free transfers? Absolutely. First of all, you get one free transfer. Mm-hmm. Every transfer that you use after one in a given week costs you four of your valuable points As on you, your overall, of your, not on, your game week. On score. your overall points that you accumulate, correct total. So,
2: just to be clear, what that means is you have an unlimited number of transfers that you can make but the first one is the only one that doesn't cost you anything. Mm -hmm. And so throughout the season, you will hear us refer to negative fours or taking negative fours. And what Brian just described is what we're discussing.
1: Now, you can save. You are not obligated to use your free transfer. This is the other thing. You're not obligated to use your free transfer each week. So starting in week one, if you decide you're happy with your squad as is and you want to save your transfer, you can have as many as two free transfers on any game week, but you cannot go over two.
2: Correct. So after game week two, if I haven't made any transfers, I'm going to start losing them essentially by not being able to exceed having two that I can use.
1: You cannot save them indefinitely. You should probably use them when you have at least two.
2: And with each game week you'll be able to substitute your squad. There's going to be some strategy that you want to employ with your bench. Because as long as the formation is an approved formation, uh, your first bench spot is going to be the first player who gets substituted into your squad, should one of your starting 11 that you've chosen before the game week
0: begins not play. And when you mean first bench spot, mm-hmm. the one closest to the goalkeeper. That's exactly on right. the bottom line. They are yeah.
1: labeled one, two, and three at the yep. bottom of your screen on your bench. And but, you, you can organize that order of players on your bench in the order of preference that you would want those players to come in in the event that a player in your team does not play a single minute.
2: But keep in mind that it has to be within an approved formation. So if you play, say, a three-five-two, which means three defenders, five midfielders, and two forwards, and your first bench spot is a forward, your third forward, and you have a defender who does not play, one of your three defenders doesn't play, you can't go under three defenders minimum in your formation. So what will happen there is in order for your defender who doesn't play to be substituted out, even if your forward is in the first bench spot, he'll get skipped for your second bench spot, which will be a defender because you have to have at least three defenders in your squad. And so some of this is a little bit confusing uh, you know, if you have more questions about how some of these rules work, we want you to ask us. We are available on social media, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, which we'll be a little bit more active on YouTube over time. But we're there. Find us, comment, ask us, ask a question, whatever it might be. In fact, one of the best ways you can get feedback to us or, or ask us questions is to support us on Patreon, patreon.com fsfc. That's our, our acronym for Fantasy Soccer FC. Patreon.com slash FSFC. If you support us uh, at one of our tiers, there is a level where you can get access to our Slack workspace where you'll be able to, to reach out to us through an Ask the Hosts channel. You can ask us any strategy questions you want, and we will answer them to the best of our ability. And you might even, get, you might even hear from a couple extra people, you know, Brother Matt. Is someone that we reference all the time. Dave's actual brother who's been with us from the beginning of this podcast. We, there's only one episode you've actually been able to hear him on. That's right. Way back in it's the in beginning. The it's in the archives. But we talk about him all the time. He might also be able to help out. Andrew the Ref is a resource that is available as well. So if you have any questions and you want to find out some help, some strategies, reach out to us on social media. We will reply. Or support us on Patreon, and you'll get access to Ask the Hosts on Slack. And so we're excited to be able to help you with with having the best season we possibly can. But that's some of the basics you need to know to get started, right? So now let's talk to the advanced FPL owners. What are some of the strategies that we want to employ as we start to look at how we're going to start this new season?
1: Well, I think you should probably say single most important strategy that you will have and it's not really a strategy it's more of a it's more of a crapshoot a, a dart throw is your captain selection every oh, yeah. every single week that, that
0: that's the most important decision you'll it's, make it's not on very, a weekly basis it's
1: not very arguably the single most important decision yes that you make every single week it's not arguable right like no i don't most. i don't think so the right? guy who
2: won like literally the number one ranked FPL owner last year. Nailed his captain. What was it, 33 out of 38 weeks or something
1: like yeah. that? Yeah, he hit He hit a, a large majority. Yeah, it was at least 30. It was over 30 times.
2: And for the newbie, the FPL newbie, what, what the reason why we're talking about this is because the guy that you put the captain pick on in your starting 11, his points will be doubled for that game week. Mm-hmm. And so if you, obviously... You know, Pick someone who ends up scoring 13 fantasy points. By putting him as your captain in your lineup, you'll get 26 while everybody else gets 13. It's one way to get something that we refer to a lot in FPL land as differential. Mm-hmm. It, it takes some of the guys that maybe you have that overlap with some of the people you're competing against. And if you put the captain on someone that no one else is, you double those points. You get some differential points that nobody else is getting because of your captain mm-hmm. pick.
1: A new person, you'll see right away once you select your 15 players, you'll see automatically that two players have... One has a little C and one has a little V, and uh, that's v the captain vice and vice captain. captain. Yep. And uh, as Scott has mentioned, substitute players. In the event that your captain plays zero minutes, your vice captain will then get those double points. In yep. the event that your captain and your vice captain do not play any minute. No one on your team <laughs> gets double, double points. points. And you'll sit there staring at your screen in disbelief as you wonder which of your ancestors sinned to bring such a curse on your life. <laughs> <laughs> it's so, true.
2: so, Brian, what do you use and what will you use for Game Week 1 especially to help you pick your
1: captain? Well, the strategy for captain choices, I think like a lot of things that you look at is uh, is the... The first thing you look at, I think, is the matchup. Who is the player and what is their matchup? And so however, that, however you want to factor into there, if you want to look at form, how, how a particular player is performing on a weekly basis, if you want to use player name, pedigree, previous season performance for week one, however you want to look at this, are they playing at home or are they on the road? Is it an away match? These things kind of all factor in. I'll tell you my strategy. How
2: much more, before you say that, David, hold that thought. How much more does it matter or does it factor into your thinking, Brian, if the player that you want to make your captain is playing at home versus away?
1: Well, I can give you real data on this from what I actually did last season. Research? I can tell you that out out of 38 matches, I selected a home player for my captain, 28 of the 38 times. And where that did I you finish? Where did
2: you finish in our mini league last year, Brian?
1: Now, I won our mini league okay. this past season. All right. And I and I got some kind of attacking return from my captain 24 weeks out, out of, 30, of 38.
0: 38, yeah. It's not bad.
1: So, I chose a home captain 28 times. 28 total times. Which is good. Uh, so, yes, it did. It does factor in. And I think a lot of that you saw, well, I mean, just to go back into last season, just for one second, mm-hmm. you saw certain players that performed exceptionally well at home and not so well right. away. Salah was outstanding at home a lot of the season, where Sadio Mane seemed to perform better on the road. Raheem Sterling was outstanding at home. Harry Kane, before his injury, was outstanding at home. So you, I mean, of course, those are uh, those are gigantic names. Those are some of the biggest possible names. But you'll kind of see that the one of the weirder ones was Josh King and Callum Wilson last season. Callum Wilson was outstanding on the road. Josh King was uh, was basically just as good as Callum Wilson was at home. Scoring only. penalty kicks at home. Yeah. So, you just it's one of those things you just kind of see. So, yeah, I think home 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 comfort does factor in for sure. And I think it kind of factors in more and more as the season goes on once you get to see a little bit of pattern. All right, Dave, you've held on long enough here. What what determines your captain pick?
0: Number 1 is I would go with one of your studs. Don't don't be in my opinion, uh especially early in the season. Late in the season when you need to go with a differential captain, Okay, and, 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 but try you know, to make up ground that's, on somebody. That's 28 weeks into the season. Oh, yeah. Okay, yeah. That's, that's, that's when you start making kind of risky changes late in the season. But before then, man, come on. You're, most people are going to have one of five players on their team. They're going to have a Harry Kane, a Bamiyang, Mo Salah, Raheem Sterling, probably Sadio Mane. Okay, one of those five guys will probably be on your team. And what I would say is you might have two of those guys. You might have three. Three might be tough. But bottom line is you might have two. Start the season, I'm just going to stick with the, those those guys. I'm going to stick with the studs, even if they don't. Like for me, right now, Mo Sal is in my team. And he's uh, home to Norwich week one. It's a no-brainer. Yeah. Now, we've seen this before. We've seen this with triple captains. We've seen this with captains. Sometimes you can make the right decision, and it's still not work out for you. Mm-hmm. Salah might not even start that first game. I don't know. I don't <laughs> even know if he's been back in training yet. Scott, has he? So, anyways,
1: they've had a busy summer.
0: Yeah, and Liverpool. And, and this is another thing that we'll get. Well, I'll save that for. I'll save that little nugget for next week. Mm-hmm. Bottom line is, for me, I'm going to stick with my studs. And then also, yeah, I want I want a home match. So if I have a stud at home, then I want that. Okay. And I think those for me are the are the biggest. Yes, matchups do matter, but a home matchup matters more. Matchups can foil you sometimes. I mean, sometimes you can you can what you think is a great matchup and it backfires. Yeah. I you
2: mentioned something uh, about a triple captain. There are going to be some chips that you'll see as you fill out your squad and you start to tinker around with your team. I would say don't worry about those right now. Things like bench boost which is what it sounds like. Your bench counts towards your overall points. Triple captain, where instead of getting double the points, you get triple the points for your captain. Those are things that you get to do one time over the season. Typically, you're going to wait maybe later in the season. I know some people play them earlier, but typically wait till later. Uh, You just have to keep listening to our podcast to know how to do those. We'll talk about them as we go throughout Mm the season. There's something called a free hit. Definitely wait on that. Even if if you're on Team Dave or Team Scott, which there's two very distinct ways of looking at how to use your free hit. I
1: was was really hoping I could talk about that for a second. Well, those are
2: still much later in the season. But when the season starts, first of all, the transfer window for clubs does not close until just before the season begins, which, it, first of all, is an improvement on what it used to be when it well, didn't close
0: until you know three weeks in. It only took our podcast, Slandering the Premier League, <laughs> in, into changing their rules.
2: Influencers listen. Influencers listen, and they change the rules, and now the window closes just we before the season We were on that starts.
0: way before they changed
2: That's it. That's exactly right. But... While that is still an improvement, what that does mean is that all that late movement on the last day of the transfer window is still going to wreak havoc on your options for Fantasy Premier League. Mm -hmm. So you want to go with guys that you think are going to play those first few weeks of the
1: season. Yeah, I think, Scott, you've said this a lot, and I know this seems to be a bit of of a cardinal rule as far as starting out, that the first international break is really your, that's where you're hoping to get to. And I think by then, you know, you're about a month, that's four weeks in, you've gotten to see lineups, you've gotten to see performances, you've gotten to see enough to kind of get a gauge of how these new signings have impacted a, have impacted the club. How many minutes are they actually getting? Are they being eased in or are they being thrown in the deep end, you know? And then also, you kind of like last season, we had the, the, the most difficult thing that can happen is the, a, a season coming off of a World Cup. We don't have that this, this year. Now, okay. there are other tournaments that are factoring in, the African Cup of Nations. Obviously you've gone on this summer. there are some other tournaments have gone on. however Most of those
2: ended about a month ago. African Cup of Nations is one exception which we'll talk more about next week yeah because that will impact some some lineups.
1: So that is something that you you know you do have to kind of factor that in but this you know to, at the start of this season you you're kind of gonna know, I think yeah. who's in there the only the only thing that's a doubt as you said is who's going to be in there as the transfer window. That's comes right. to a
2: close. And typically you want to wait on those guys anyway. Even even guys who are just getting signed or have been signed since maybe mid-July, they have not had time
1: to train very long with their new clubs. Dave, think how long the Arsenal Minute is going to be for the first month of the season with all of these new players. The Gunners have signed here That's or true. are planning to sign. He's got to be excited. It's glorious. <laughs> yeah.
2: But I say all that to say you want to create a lineup for game week one that's filled with guys that you think are going to play game weeks one through four, and that maybe you can keep throughout a lot of the season, barring injury or just cheaper options, guys in better format at the same price point, things like that.
0: This happens every year where every year we think we know what we're doing and it feels like we get to the. International break, mm-hmm. and it's like I don't know what the f- I'm doing. Yeah, right. It's like how did I not see this guy doing well? How did I not see that this guy was going to be bad?
2: Well, we we used Aaron Wan-Bissaka's name as a verb uh, in our Sheffield United pod. Right, <laughs> we said that someone Wan-Bissakaed his way into the club. That's that's because Aaron Wan-Bissaka played to start last season. By the first international break. He was in a lot of lineups as a cheap defender who was playing for a mid-table squad. But he was also scoring, he was having
0: some assists. He was
2: getting points and the squad and the club was getting some results, but he was he was getting some fantasy points at like a four four point oh yeah,
0: four point oh price the, point. But by the time the international break got there, he was four point two to four point three because right. his ownership had jumped up. And so back to you- the
2: newbie real quick. Again. Who, you? Know, when would you rather get a player who's going to score points? Would you rather get him when he's 4-0 or at 4-3?
0: The obvious where answer is gonna, 4-0. He's going to cost you more money.
2: Exactly. You bring him in at 4-3, he's eating up more of your budget than you would have if you got in on, on him early. Yep. And so that's why you pay attention uh, at the start of the season, and you pay attention from week to week, which is also part of the strategy, Dave. I want you to get into this now here. And we talked about this last season. And we talked about it at the end of last season too, but as we go into the new year, you're planning to stick with your strategy that focuses a lot on that budget or what we sometimes
0: refer to as team value. Absolutely true. So one thing that I started doing last season and that that I had not done before is I was going to follow the money. So if a player's value was about to go up, then I was going to try to get him. If a player that I had, if his value was going to drop, I was getting rid of him immediately, even if it was going to cost me minus four points. I do not want to take many minus four points. That can send you in the hole. There's a fine balance between taking too many negative fours and taking the right amount when it's necessary to gain value.
1: Yeah, just think about it in simple terms. You're 38 weeks. There are 38 weeks in the Premier League season. So you have... You can make thirty-eight changes to your team at no, at no cost. extra cost to your, to your overall score. You now Scott mentioned chips. There are a couple other opportunities that you have throughout the season to make wholesale changes to your squad. We can you know we'll obviously talk about that at length another time. However, just on this just on this, the very basic idea of it, thirty-eight weeks you get a free transfer. So you can change thirty-eight times. Last season, I think I made 50 transfers. You made 56. I made 56 transfers. So 18 times, I I, I traded out at least two people.
0: I made 67 transfers. Yeah,
2: But keep in mind, some of those happened with your wild card.
0: Those and don't count with wild cards. No. no, no. OK. These are individual. Th- these are individual: 67, Dave? Yeah. 67.
1: So wow. just think of it in terms of, of a minus. You know, that's 18. That's eight for me. That was 18 times I took a minus four points, which the math, of course on that, Dave, you can do it easily, is 72 points. Yeah. I, I gave up 72 of my total score points in an effort to bring in somebody that I thought was going to help me more.
2: When a guy plays 90 minutes and doesn't do anything, he might score two or three points. Mm-hmm. And so that negative four can cost you unless you get some kind of return. or And maybe it's not going to be in the week immediately following when you take the negative four. Maybe if you plan to keep him for a while, it it's the extra you get by owning that player in the following weeks if he scores points than the guy you had right. in that spot prior to that. But, I mean, you really have to think twice before you take four points off your score to bring in an extra
0: player. You do. To further my point, what I was saying earlier, is my strategy was this, so that, um, and, and we hadn't mentioned it yet, I'll mention it now, that you you will have, uh, in the first half of the season and the second half of the season, you will have a what's called a wild card yep. where you can change, given the money that you have, you can change Every person in your team if you want to. Mm-hmm. You have like kind of one reset button per half of the season. And so my goal was is to gain in team value so that when it was time to play the second wild card in the second half of the season, that I would have more money than the people around me and I could and I could get some some better players. That's right. In the process of me doing that, what that also helped me do was it helped me take some of my personal uh, bias, bias, yeah. Out of making decisions, and I strictly went with numbers. And sometimes I was making decisions that, if you looked at it, you're like, "Man, that's stupid to take a minus four for that." Ross Barkley. Um, and then sometimes, sometimes it worked out. But to me, the bigger thing was this, and this is nothing that you have to understand with team value. So you only get, and I don't like this rule, and I want the FPL to change this rule. They haven't done it yet, but. You, They're only, listening. you only get 50% of your players' value rise. That's right. 50%. So and so another one for if my defender, my my crap defender who starts, he's a 4.0, and everyone sees that he's 4.0, and they didn't know he was going to be starting, so people start buying him. It's just like a stock. His value is going to go up the more people that buy him. Okay. And then when that happens, if he goes up a one to 4.1 my value i still only have a 4.0 value in him yeah if his value goes up to a 4.2 now my vet my overall team value just went to four, up a tenth 4.1. and and that player to me now yep is now worth a 4.1. It only goes out to one decimal. It sounds so minimal, but when you start doing this for every single one of your players mm-hmm. throughout the entire season, look, my team value at one point last year was up to 107.3. That's great. Okay? Scott, now, what's wild is my I, I slacked off in the second part of the season because I kind of I hit my goal. Mm-hmm. My uh, team value at the end of the season was 105.5. Okay, so it came down. Scott, your team value... Oh, you looked up my value.
2: Yes. Come was, on, listeners of this podcast throughout the summer know I had the worst season of my life.
0: I know, but I, but this is good—a good reference. Yeah, you fine. you only made thirty-nine transfers. Yes. So you made one transfer over the thirty-eight. I very the, minimally did a. And your four. team value ended up being a one hundred one, which actually was
2: up from what it was for most of the season. I was like ninety-nine and a hundred for most of
0: the season, but. You and you would you were looking back you would say yeah I kind of felt handicapped at times. Absolutely, because there were so many weeks I wanted to make handcuffed, transfers, hand, not handicapped handcuffed. Yes, that I couldn't. You couldn't go get people that you wanted to get.
2: Going back to what we said earlier, there were times when I would deliberately wait and give myself two free transfers so that I could get the like high priced guy I wanted. But then I would also have to bring in a really low-priced guy and then transfer out two medium-priced guys. Does that make sense? Yeah. So high and low. But I had to do that because I had I, I, was, I was handcuffed by how much of my overall value I had. I, I routinely did not have enough money in my budget to bring in the guys that I wanted to. And can I just say, there were probably at least five times when I was off by a tenth. Yeah, it was the most frustrating oh, experience.
0: It always happens like that. It always seems like you're a tenth off from getting what you want to get when you're doing when you're making transfers.
1: Yeah, this is something I want to talk about when we talk about real strategy of what we're what we're doing. But that is that is maddening whenever a player that you want or a player that you that you have either goes up in value a tenth or drops of a tenth of value, and you can't transfer someone you want in because the point different or the value difference is just a tenth of a pound yeah. there is nothing that will drive you more bonkers i don't think
2: fpl you've been amazing that. over the last couple of years that this podcast has been in existence of hearing us and making the right moves the right changes based on the feedback we've been giving you or or maybe someone else but we think it's us this is something else that needs to change. Get rid of that rule that only lets you get 50%. 50% Otherwise,
0: yes. But I'll say this. So here's the thing, Scott. And I know you said you want to stay away from negative fours. In my opinion, you're not going to hardly ever grow your squad value much unless you're going to have to end up taking some negative fours. I guess you just have to commit to that as your strategy, though, right? Well, maybe. But if you don't, if you don't, and you're only making. One change per week, which is not—I'm not—I'm not knocking it. That's not a bad thing. But I'm just telling you right now, the numbers won't work out for you. So, you, in my opinion, you're gonna have to—you're gonna have to make changes. Look, Brian did it better than me last year. Brian did a couple things better than me. Number one, he didn't make as many changes as i did so he had less negative for he found the balance right he found the balance he found a better balance and there's a couple of times he just completely nailed captains raheem yeah. sterling being one a two different times where he got he scored in the 30s with one player yeah. and that and that makes a huge difference another it thing does. i want to say is this guys going throughout this season Every single point matters. And even though it's week one, you're, you're going to think, oh man, I, I just had a bad week. You know, I can get it back next week. Yeah, you, you probably can. But I can promise you this um, the difference between finishing 600,000 places was four points per week. Yeah, it's good. Okay. It's not four a lot points per week is the difference a in 600,000 places in yeah. where you finish. Okay. Every single point matters.
2: And the longer you wait to to really hit your stride in the season, the more you're trying for the home run. Yeah. And we all know that when in baseball,
0: when you are This is not are, a baseball podcast. This is
2: not a baseball podcast, but when you swing for more home runs, your average goes down. That's just the way that it works. Whereas if you just hit to contact, your average typically is higher if you're just trying to get on base. And the longer you wait in the season to find your stride and to just make contact, if you want to keep with the baseball analogy, the more you're going to have to start swinging for home runs. You're going to go to, you know, you're going to go to differential transfers in. You're going to hope that you're you're, you're going to be swapping guys in and out. And it really can lead to a death spiral that is the equivalent to what you see relegated relegation threatened clubs make during the season when relegation threatened clubs around game week 10 the season start to fire their managers and bring in new managers you're going to be doing the same thing with your <laughs> fpl squad trust me been there been there
1: done that i would say for a new person who's looking at this a good a good way a good nice guide to start your season as far as this is concerned we've said differentials a few times now you can sort the players on the transfer page in a bunch of different ways. You can sort them by their price. You can sort them by their number of points they scored total, the number of points they scored in the previous week. To start the season, probably the handiest way to sort is to sort it by team selected by percent. Hmm. That gives you an idea of all of the teams that are currently active in FPL. You can see what percentage of teams have a particular player in their squad to start the season. So for example, the by far the most popular defender to start this upcoming season is Virgil van Dyke. He is in currently in 44.3% of FPL squads. He is owned 9% almost more than Andy Robertson, the second most owned defender. Huh. So that's
2: interesting because typically Center backs are less owned.
1: Yes, and so I think the strategy the here is that Virgil Van Dyke costs six and a half pounds do- 5 pounds.
2: We say dollars sometimes.
1: in a okay. pound As Americans, we like say I'm dollars, but you understand the concept, Ye- I believe. Yes. Andy Robertson is seven pounds, so he is one half pound cheaper, Virgil Van Dyke. And so I think the incentive there is, you save a half. A half pound, but you get all of the advantages of the, Liber- of the Liverpool defense or what everyone is expecting of the Liverpool defense starting this Premier League season. Yeah. It makes Trent Alexander-Arnold really an interesting option as an only 28% owned to start the season. So what I'm saying is you can look and see, if ha- this happened last year, more than half of FPL managers started the season with Mo Salah in their team even though he was by far the most expensive player in the game. This season it's going to be a similar I would imagine. Mo Salah has owned the most of any midfielder, 36% owned. Almost eight, you know, 8 over 8% more than the second most. So it's just something to keep in keep in mind as you start Dave, you start the season to your point because they all have an assigned value to start the season. That's right. If, like you said, Scott, Mo Salah starts the season with a hat trick against Norwich, you can guarantee that anyone who doesn't have Mo Salah is going to try to figure out a way to get that guy, which will drive, his, will, likely, it will drive his ownership up, which will consequently drive his value up, making him more difficult to get later on down the road. And that works for every player. People tend to be very reactionary to goal scorers. As you that think. is the
2: danger of the strategy, in my opinion, this is just my opinion, of, of pursuing team values, that you're kind of following the crowd. And the crowd tends to be very reactionary based on game week to game week results. We'll talk on this podcast about the game the The dream team of each game week. We use that as part of our discussion to talk about the results from, from one game week to the next. And if a guy scores a goal, people flock to him. That's just typically what the crowd does. Now that means that the value is going to rise. And if you're going to employ Dave's strategy, you want to obviously get in early on that guy so that you can benefit from the rise that's going to come in his value because it'll add to your overall team value yourself. But at the same time, then, you're stuck with that guy for the following
0: game week. Which is fine because if his form is, is coming up you're hoping and that he's he... coming into some form, then that's sure. a good decision. Yeah. Just because I know oftentimes you said before, don't chase goals. Well, I don't completely agree with that because oftentimes guys start scoring goals as they're coming into form and they might they might get hot for a couple games in a row form is a thing there's so, no doubt about that yes don't go chasing goals if all of a sudden nathan ake scores in a bournemouth game as a bournemouth defender don't run out and go get nathan ake okay probably not that i think that's the type of goals you're you're talking about chasing if sala does score a hat trick Maybe you need to consider bringing him into your team. Sure. Yeah, it depends on the player, right? Yeah,
1: that is but, yeah, that is not a surprise. There are certain players that you can say, "Hey, this guy has this performance in him if, and this is a performance that you that can be duplicated." That's
0: exactly right. If yeah. Decore scores for Watford like he does every 10th game, <laughs> don't don't just go out and go get Decore and add him into your team. Mm-hmm. It's a bad move because now, Scott, you're chasing goals. That's exactly right. And
2: so here's where I want to insert and take just a little bit of a break because we've been very strategy heavy in this episode to this point. And this is the time of year when a lot of people are trying to find ways of – and different FPL podcasts that are out there, and we're obviously one of them. So if you're joining in and you're listening to us for the first time – I hope that you're hearing what we're saying, you're following along, that you're getting some helpful advice on some of the strategies that we're, we're recommending to you. But I want to just take a moment and and lighten the mood just a little bit because our podcast is going to be one of the more fun that you're going to listen to. Uh, any FPL podcasts that are out there, we're, we're one of the more fun ones that are there's out no there. There's no doubt. There's a lot of boring Hopefully, crap out there. There's a lot of boring crap out there. We are not boring I'm just crap. Stupid. We tend to, throughout the season, what we like to do is we like to discuss the results of one game week and kind of try to project ahead and and let you know what you need to do as we move ahead into the next game week. And and we'll provide that for you as we go throughout our weekly episodes. then we sprinkle in some some unique, one-of-a-kind things here and there within our episodes that that are entertaining and just just silly. Like, Dave, your favorite club – is Arsenal.
1: That's right.
0: Anyone,
2: anyone who listens to any one episode of our podcast cannot avoid that piece of knowledge.
0: London is red, my friend. London is red. That's your team name, right? If you,
2: join our, uh, if you join our mini league, by the way, you'll know that that's Dave's team name. That's true. For the upcoming season. But in order to kind of rein in his Arsenal love, we only give him a moment. That's right. To talk about his club in a personal way. Otherwise, uh, he would take over everything. We have a, a, a segment where Brian tells us how to pronounce players' names. In fact, I really recommend if you haven't done it yet, if, if this is the first episode of our podcast you're listening to, you really need to go back and listen to our Getting to Know Sheffield United episode. Brian's going to blow your mind.
1: Oh,
0: yeah, I remember blow that. Blow your
2: mind yeah. about how to pronounce a particular player's name that you probably know if you've watched the league for a couple of and years. And you
0: probably would have guessed you thought you knew how to say his name. And you don't. I absolutely don't
2: and then we have some fun ones where we you know we we have a seamus coleman curse because irish curses are fun yeah and seamus is irish and oh
1: irish curses are unbelievable he's <laughs> broken
2: some bones and so you know he's yeah. cursed and and brian brian likes to curse uh whatever he wants to curse stats of the day manager quote of the week we have a christian benteke wasteful player of the week award because every week inevitably someone wastes a beautiful opportunity to score a goal and you know what we usually take about 30 to 60 seconds and we just draw more attention to that because why not because we are a podcast that is centered around entertaining the masses and so while we are going to be dedicated to giving you all the FPL advice you need, we're going to have some fun along the There's way. No so doubt about it. once the season begins, that's what you have to look forward to and upcoming. If you've enjoyed some of the player mentions that Brian and Dave have given you, uh, even though I told them they weren't supposed to do that <laughs> for this particular episode, if you've been relishing like, Oh, they've given me some names and okay. These are some interesting you know pieces of advice about certain players. That is what our next episode is about. We're going to tell you about who to bring into your lineup to start the week. So we're going to do that. Keep listening, subscribe to our podcast that's coming up next
1: week. It's just for reference. I'm not telling anybody who to I'm not telling them what to buy.
2: You them to own Mosala, Virgil Van Dijk. Not telling them what to do.
0: No, Brian, that, that's a good call if if and when uh right now, just to go to the percent owned that's, uh, that was like if you're really getting started, that was huh, and and part you're of you're still it, gonna have to but, make tough choices on, on on who to go with.
1: Right, the money you're still gonna have to do the math of the player values, and That's it's right. not gonna be easy. You're gonna see those big dollar amounts. You're gonna see if you're familiar with the names, you're gonna see the names, and you're gonna say, "Ooh, I like that guy. He's very good, but he's also very expensive." And then soon, your hundred dollar or hundred million pound budget. right out the window. That is the
2: perfect transition into what I want to discuss next. It's like we plan this, but usually we don't. It's amazing. Anyway, moving right along. How are we going to spend our money in the upcoming season? I want to spend some time talking about this. I have an idea on how I want to spend the money, but how are we looking to spend the money? Because you're right. You have to make choices. A hundred pounds only goes so far. Sacrifices have to be made. You can't bring in all the most expensive guys at every position. So right. what are you looking to do, particularly for the 2019-20 season?
1: I was gonna start by saying one of the big changes for this season is that the average defender is more expensive. Yes. Than it was than they were last season. And that's one of the bigger top-to-bottom kind of changes for the position. And I'm saying that because I think it affects the strategy. What we saw last season was that defenders who were, in a lot of cases, significantly cheaper than midfielders were outscoring the more expensive players, definitely forwards. And they in a lot of cases, they were, and like we talked about uh, a lot last season, defenders now are functioning more like midfielders in real life. So one of the big debates we had last season was, who would you rather have, you know, a, a center back or somebody that's playing as basically a wing back, you know, a left or right back? Uh, that's, and moving, that's, and, that's moving forward. And I think as a, uh, for for me, you know, most of the season, I hardly owned anyone who was playing as a central defender. I almost entirely owned only left backs or right backs
2: three years ago when we started this podcast your defender points you were basically hoping for clean sheets Mm -hmm. maybe the occasional headed goal on a corner kick yeah but mostly it was about clean sheets last season it changed the value and we talk a lot on this podcast and by the way this is something you can also access at a certain patreon tier patreon.com slash fsfc all right right. we're going to track points per pound throughout the season points per pound the value the most points per pound you spend was in the defense now the and, highest and it wasn't close it wasn't close the highest price for the new season the highest price defenders are in the 6 to 7 pound range yep the highest price midfielders are in the 10 to 12 and a half pound range mm-hmm. and same for forwards so more money like it's you're still going to spend more money in your forward and midfield positions but like you said, Brian, the average cost of a defender is moving up. But that's a response to last season, and that is that's a response to the fact that defenders were scoring assists, mm. free kick goals, in addition yeah. to clean sheets.
1: Far points. more active, put you know, and that's something we we you know I like to keep track of here is just what are they doing as far as attacking returns? Are they how many key passes? How many crosses are they putting in? Are they taking corner kicks? Are they taking free kicks sometimes, which we saw? You know, we we did see that with, like you said, Scott. But I think what happened last year, as far as selection goes, you had you had way more players who were four and a half dollar, four and a half pounds, or five pounds, who were useful, who were who you knew were starting, who were pretty consistent starters, or you or we've seen some kind of performance from them in the past. The really expensive defenders last season. It was a lot of Chelsea guys. It was Marcus Alonso. It was Cesar Azpilicueta. Dave Azpilicueta. Like we said, this past season, it was the Liverpool defenders. They scored so much more than most of the other defenders that were available. That's why you see Andy Robertson and Trent Alexander-Arnold at seven pounds to start this season.
2: All season long, we debated Salah versus Mane or both. Mm -hmm. And in the end, at, at the end of the season, we realized, you know what, you probably would have gotten more for your money with Allison, Alexander Arnold, and Robertson. Yeah, and that's just the way last season
1: went. And you can see, I mean, the number of defenders who are you know who are six and five and a half, that adds up. And I think yes. that's I think as a beginning strategy, one of the first decisions I think you have to make this you know to going into this season is how heavy do you want your hitters to be in your defense how many of these five and a half to seven dollar defenders do you dare go into this season with just one or two expensive like for like what would be premium defenders or do you can you you know do you it maybe is your value best is the money best spent Uh, You know, on four or maybe five, uh, you know, expensive defenders and finding value picks everywhere
2: else. You're probably only going to have the money for three to four premium players throughout your squad, no matter the position. Mm -hmm. I'll tell you, for me, I've chosen to go with two premium defenders and one premium midfielder. Yeah. And then I had to find bargains. Yeah, I couldn't go upper class with my forwards. I had to go middle class with my forwards.
0: Well, you also chose to spend a little money at your goalkeeper as well.
2: True, which we'll talk about more next week specifically. But but you have to make those kinds of choices, and then everyone else kind of has to slot in at their price points accordingly. To you know, because your hundred pounds mm-hmm. disappears very quickly.
1: And the past few seasons, you know, midfielders were were the you probably right. were best to maximize your midfield. You know, maybe choose, like for me last season, I uh, only at the beginning of the season did I have a fourth or fifth midfielder who really wasn't very useful. Most of the season last season, I was playing, my, my cheapest midfielder was Ryan Frazier. And he was, I think, six pounds or less than six oh, pounds. At the start I remember of the two season.
2: years ago we were talking about like three five two formation, right? Three, and I and I played. Put a th- your money up front.
1: Yeah, I played a three five two a lot last season, uh, and I think this season, I would think, I would think probably a four four two. Yeah, consistently Agreed. is probably
2: you're going to see a lot of different opinions on that across yeah. social media uh maybe in other podcasts but i agree with you for, there's four no defenders. reason to go with less than 4 defenders
1: yeah there's and, just not and, not for this season and so not that's, for right now. so that's your uh, to me that's the first biggest issue is where where are you going to put your premium money if yes. if you decide hey you know what i cannot go a season without sergio aguero he's the most expensive guy as a forward he's 12 pounds but he's sergio aguero i absolutely have to have him I think you're going to find it tough to to get some other money other places when right. it comes down to it. I Without know,
2: just getting guys that we talked about in our Promotion Club podcast, a bunch right. of 4 scrubs that aren't going right. to play. You, you have to make some choices there.
1: I, I have a team currently that has Harry Kane in it, and I'm seeing that, and he's not even the most expensive. And yeah. I'm seeing the difficulty of finding those, kind of filling those last two or three spots because that extra dollar or 2 dollars that he is more expensive than the than the middle class striker that that really is, it makes a difference.
2: Well, I'll tell you guys, I have a lineup and again, we're going to talk about specific players in next week's episode. So, if you're trying to figure out how to set up your team, trust me, we're going to give that to you, but right now we're just talking about general strategies. I've set up my team so that I've got a 442 that I really like with a third forward that I'd be okay with bringing into my squad should one of my starters not play. Yeah. But my fifth midfielder and my fifth defender, what I'm trying to do is find some the cheapest guys out there that might play. And that typically has to come from a mid to lower table club. Players in the top 6 clubs are just going to be more expensive. Mm-hmm. They just will be. And then the mid-table and lower table clubs, those are going to be typically cheaper What you're hoping for is to get as much value as you can with those guys, and you're going to need some of those guys to round out your squad. Now, let me give you – I've got kind of a general outline of how much money I wanted to spend at each position. I like to give that to you guys and let you guys kind of decide how you feel about that. So I'm looking to spend no more than 10 pounds at goalkeeper. Okay. In my defense for this season, I've got between 25 and 30 pounds that I'm willing to spend on those five players, which is more than in years past. But that gives you an average of five to five and a half per defender, or if you want to, to go to up to six to seven for one or two and down to four for one or two. 25 to 30 pounds total. For my midfield, I'm looking at 35 to 40 pounds, which, again, might give me the ability to go to one premium midfielder. Mm -hmm. If I go to two, then I'm looking at only having about four to five pounds for the other three, so you got to make some choices there. Or I have one, personally, I've got one premium midfielder, as I mentioned, then I've got, like, two or three middle class defender or a uh, uh, midfielders, you know, guys in the seven to eight to nine range. Mm-hmm. And then one that's going to be on my bench. And then at forward, I'm looking to spend 25 pounds among those three players. And those are again, the, the most expensive. My bench forward is six, but you're not going to get much cheaper with the forward. Who's going to actually play. Right. Um, and 25 pounds. I mean, Harry Kane, like you said, he's I think 12. So that would eat up half of that forward budget. If right. I bring in or Sergio Aguero, so that's where I'm looking, generally speaking. That's what I kind of use as an outline to fill out my squad. What do you guys think about
0: that? I think that's pretty good. I my my goal is to be balanced. So <clears throat> I want a, a decent goalkeeper. Maybe one of the top two, maybe one of the top three. And then uh two solid defenders. I'm probably gonna have two Liverpool defenders uh in my lineup. I'm trying not to say names, Scott. Yes, no, uh, save that. Then, save something. Um I'm going with two premium midfielders, two premium midfielders. Mm-hmm. Okay, and then because I, I I like I like a couple of the other guys, I'm able to add in there. And then uh, at forward, um, I have like a middle class and a lower class uh, striker, and then one who won't play at all, probably. Okay, so you're not going to play three forwards. No. No, I, my goal is this, is to spend on my three bench spots to start the season, to have as little money in my bench spots as possible. All of your bench places. Yes. Not even the first bench spot. Nope. Yep. I want all my money on the field because I know who's going to be playing and I know who's going to be playing and they're probably not going to be hurt. So, so why not spend all your money and put it all on the field? I'm not worried about subs. Why, why in the world would I be worried about subs? You have up especially until, for the first couple of weeks. You have up until one
2: hour before Liverpool Norwich Friday August 9th, kicks off the season to set up your game week one squad, and I plan to look at the guys who are going to be playing in the preseason matches for all of the different Premier League clubs. Mm.
1: We can discuss that at length next week.
2: But the guys who are going to be playing, you know, one week out, like in this first weekend of August, that's going to give you a good indication, I think, as to who's going to play the following week for game week one. So you you're right Dave barring any injury news that comes out during the week leading up to the start of the season that's going to tell you what you need to know about who's probably going to be playing I probably
0: just think, I just think look there's a reason why guys are priced where they are Usually, the guys who are priced higher typically have a greater chance of scoring more. Of course, we don't know the outcomes. Okay, so it's all just the numbers and it's educated guess. And that's all we are ever going to do on this podcast is give you the best educated guess we can for predictions every single week. And so it's educated guess for me. I want the best players I can possibly have on the field playing in the first week because points are points and points matter and I, I want the best possible score i'm i'm gonna it's gonna be wasting away on my bench if i know that everyone in my starting lineups going to be playing
2: nothing eats away at you more than when you see a guy in your bench scoring a lot of points and you know he's not coming into your lineup brutal it's brutal it hurts guys anything else that we want to give in terms of strategy as we lead up to game week one
1: um no just uh, just to kind of say too what what dave said i think you know you every year it's been you know which which position do you want to prioritize and i think that for me is the, has always been kind of the, you know, I would like balance. I really would like to have even at the start of the season, you know, you hope by week one you've seen enough really super cheap guys who have gotten who've gotten match, they've gotten time on on the pitch. You've actually seen them doing something. And we saw that last season, you know, it happens every, every season you see somebody who maybe you didn't expect to be there or somebody that is uh, somebody that is a a newer signing or something like that, who is not as expensive and you get to see that they're, they're getting the minutes. Uh, I think it's really important to, you know, you find some of those gems, you find some of those cheaper players and that can help unlock, uh, unlock your balance in a way. But still, I, I, I don't want to go in like last season. I spent so much time with dead weight at the, in the first half of the season and I was never worse last season than I was between the the basically the end of August and the beginning of November. That was easily the worst stretch of time. Mm-hmm. That also happens to be the time that I owned uh, N'Golo Conte, uh, <laughs> Lucas <What>? Torreira. <laughs> really? Yeah. Uh, uh, Hudson O'Doy. Callum Hudson O'Doy was a popular choice because he was getting some minutes in preseason. He was also four and a half pounds. He also did not feature until really, really late in the season. <laughs> That's right. But that was exactly that. Those were all really cheap guys who were either uh, prospective to start the season, or within the first few weeks had done something. It was a bit reactionary to get those guys in as a as a as a bench spot, as a fifth midfielder, as a really cheap player, and eventually I ended up swapping them out for somebody who was actually useful. So as much as I would like to have uh, dead weight on my team just for the sake of just for money's sake, I really am going to avoid that as much as I can uh, if I can help it.
2: Dave, any last
0: words from from you? No, I'm excited for next week's pod.
1: It will be good. We'll talk about
2: the specific players we're bringing in, give you a little bit of insight into how we've set up our lineups for game week one. But in the meantime, if you're trying to figure out what should I be looking at. What, what, what are the things I should be keeping in mind? I think we've given you a really good starting point for knowing how to do this thing,
0: especially if you're doing it for the first time. Or we've just done enough to really confuse you and make you want to quit. Yeah. <laughs> Before you even start. Why even bother? Hey, for the fancy Soccer FC podcast, this is David Smith. Until next time.